Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Guest today is named, her name is Beth Page, and our topic is a mother's journey through grief. Beth Page is the owner of Dakota Wins, a family-owned business that originated from grief and grew because of hope. From their own experience with loss, Beth and her husband have designed some special gifts which celebrate the lasting memories of a lost loved one. Their inspiration was their four-year-old son, Dakota, who died after a two-year battle with cancer. Through Dakota Wins, Beth shares her story and plants seeds of hope for brighter tomorrows into the hearts of others who are grieving. Welcome to the show, Beth. Hi. Hi, Beth. Great to have you on. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, before we get into all the wonderful things you and your family have done, could you tell us a little bit about Dakota and what happened? And Well, you know, when you were just talking about that email that you got, it reminded me of so many of the memories, and that's exactly what we do is keeping his memory alive by, by talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, two and a half when he was diagnosed. He was quite a character. He loved to, um, he had quite a, an imagination. Now, did he have leukemia or what did no, he have? No, he had a brain tumor called medulloblastoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was diagnosed at two and a half. Um, his only symptom that we saw, of course, I looked back and I, I realized that there were things that I didn't see, um, but his eye crossed. And um, I was really hoping it that it was something simple, but there was just something inside of me. I said, my maternal instinct was telling me that I needed to have him checked. And we went to the doctor, and he we were in a, a rural area, and he said, well, I just think we need to do a CAT scan. And I said, do you think it's a brain tumor? Mm. And he said, I'd like to rule it out, but I just knew at that moment that's probably what we were dealing with. Beth, I'm shocked that you knew I would have, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I have no idea I would never make that connection. Well, I... Um, Looked up in, we have a family AMA, you know, family medical guide, I said, which I think everyone should have, and I just looked it up just to see what were some of the possibilities of it happening. And uh, and then I started thinking back, you know, he would have headaches. Well, I was thinking they were ear aches because mm-hmm. he was two and he would say his, his head hurt, and I was thinking it was ear infections or something. Right. You just don't think of your two-year-old having a headache or, like you say, brain tumor, but he was walking fine. He didn't have any um, problems with um, eye-hand coordination. So in that sense, I didn't see the brain tumor um, characteristics. It was just um, really when his eye crossed and what it was is that there was fluid on the on the eye and caused by the by the brain tumor. Now, how many years ago was that? He died 11 years ago this past April. He was diagnosed in January of 1994. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite a while. I wanted to ask you when you're talking about this and, and saying you didn't pick up the signs for our audience out there who've recently had children die, mm-hmm. Did you feel? how did you feel then? Did you feel like you missed something or like you should have taken him earlier? Did you have any of those feelings? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, um, especially when you find out that, you know, that it was still, when they uh, did his surgery, they were able to get almost all of it, but there was a little bit that had metastasized on his, um, on the uh, brain, 
the stand, I mean, uh, stem. And so they couldn't get it all, and you keep thinking, if I'd come six months earlier, um, would it have been different? Would we still have to go through the same procedures? So uh, absolutely. You, and I, I, and I like you said, though, Beth, feeling. but the reality is, too, there was just no way you could have known that a two-and-a-half-year-old would have a brain tumor. And like you said, my child saying their head hurts is is, is an ear infection. Right. That's usually what it is. And I went to the doctor for an ear infection, and he was actually treated for, for a little while with what? Because, again, I don't think the doctors assumed because it, 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 you, you didn't see the other symptoms. Um, so it's normal to second-guess yourself. Um, How did you get through that? How You know, was that kind of a first-year thing or an early thing after he did die? Uh, I think that it's, it's a matter of time and it's a matter of just going through the grief and the acceptance that no matter what I did, I think this was going to happen. Um, and, and we all do it differently. My husband, his guilt with various things um, took him about eight years hmm. um, to overcome his feeling of guilt of what did I not do or what could I have done differently mm-hmm. uh, that Dakota would have lived. And he's going to be talking, uh, calling in a little later, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we'll be able to hear some of his story. That's and great. Was it helpful to hear other parents? say that they also had guilt and felt they could have done more? One of the most supportive things for me um, and for my husband was talking to other parents who had been through the experience. Now, I will admit when he was first diagnosed, I didn't want to talk to anyone whose child had died. Mm-hmm. I only wanted to hear, you know, the, the success stories. Is right, of course. But um, it is those parents that, that I met uh, through his treatments at uh, for two and a half years that made me get through what I've been through because I knew that they had walked that same walk. Um, they understood without my asking a question, um, whether it was the tears or the crying or the, the, um, the anger, the depression, what, they knew exactly what I was going through and they're the ones who, who helped me get through. So I think that uh, shows like yours where people can now listen in because this was 11 years ago that he died. I didn't have a computer. I didn't right. have access to, to so much support except for, you know, the the uh, circle of friends and pa- families and mothers that I had met. Do you have other children, Beth? Yes. I have a son, Dylan, who is almost 14. He was uh, about two and a half when Dakota died. Mm-hmm. And then we have a daughter, Sky Elizabeth, and she is nine, and she was born two years after Dakota died. And she's very similar to your son, um, Heidi, in that she never knew Dakota, but mm-hmm. she, when someone asks her how many brothers she has or, you know, does she have any brothers and sisters, she always says two. You know, she always mentions Dakota, um, who lives in heaven, and <laughs> Dylan, who teases her incessantly. So, um, but yeah, she she knows Dakota as well as any of us, as far as um, because we have pictures of him, we talk about him, and of course we have Dakota wins um, in his memory. Absolutely, and we want to talk about that in a minute. But first, we have a caller, Debbie Smith. Debbie, are you there? Yes. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hi. We appreciate your calling in. Could you tell us a little bit something about you? Uh, well, 
um, well, I work uh, with a uh, construction company. Uh huh. Um, and you're a bereaved parent. Yes. Uh, and tell us about that. Well, my son was killed in a car accident 16 months ago. Oh, wow. Well, 16 months ago, not long. We're uh-huh. very sorry to hear about that. He yeah. 25. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you, how did you get uh, connected up with uh, Beth? Well, my sister's friend sent me um, a beautiful um, wind chime. Ah. And nice. it sits outside my window and plays the most beautiful tunes um, when the wind blows. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how comforting it is, and it was it was very, you know, um, unexpected. And I, when I opened it, and it had seeds in it to to plant the seeds to, you know, for Brandon. And I I just was so moved by it. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear the 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 wind chimes, of course I cry constantly. Absolutely. Um, but I just I think of Brandon, and you know just. Just sitting there, it gives me peace. Uh, yeah. well, well, and I love on the website, on Beth's website, that she has an ancient belief which says, when a soul dies, the wind will blow, and the greater the soul, the greater the wind. Well, obviously my son had a great soul because it blows all the time. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but great. also Beth has the Dakota Bears, Dakota Bears, and she helped me at Christmas with Brandon's clothing and made wonderful bears that I could spread uh, Brandon's love with my family and friends. Oh, what, how fabulous. Yeah, and so they're a little, uh, we haven't talked about that. You do wind chimes and bears, right, Beth? You want to talk about those a little bit? Right. We um, we have bears that are manufactured, but it, because I didn't know if I could make bears for everybody that was came out, but you, they have, each of them have patterns where you can make something out of the um, your loved one's clothes because when Dakota died, and it took me a couple years after he died to take his ninja pajamas and his mm. you know Batman pajamas and make bears, Dakota bears that we all sleep with. <laughs> and I have emailed, and it's so wonderful to hear Debbie's voice because we've just emailed each other and not spoken on the phone. Um, and she said she didn't sew. And so I, we were just conversing, and it's like I want to make something more special for her, and she wanted to make the actual custom bears out of, out of Brandon's clothes. And so I, when I got that big box of, of his jeans and his shirts, it, 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 I just felt like I was also touched with this family um, in more ways than just them having one of our wind chimes. And... Um, and so I made the clothes. The wind chimes came from when Dakota died. Alan wanted Dylan to remember Dakota because he was only two at the time. And so he just went out and he found a wind chime. And he told Dylan, he says, if you want to talk with Dakota, just ring the chimes. And when they ring, that's Dakota talking to you. Mm-hmm. And they sat by our door. Um, and every time Alan goes in and out of the house, he rings the chimes. And when Dakota died, the winds just blew um, tremendously, and so we had the the uh, chimes were ringing constantly. And at his memorial service, a big twister came up, and some people actually thought we were having a tornado or something, and left. And we just know it was that great soul. It was Dakota, so it all fit in together. And for years, we just gave wind chimes to folks, and we finally decided a couple of years ago 
to design our own, which has the sunflower, because we planted sunflower seeds at Dakota's, what we call his celebration, because we wanted to celebrate his life instead mm-hmm. of just mourn his death. And um, and with each wind chime and with each fair, you get a, um, a packet of sunflower seeds to show that life does continue on, and uh, and to hopefully give hope to everyone, you know, as they go through this. Journey. And that you can also get what the bears have a little charm on them, engraved with the name of your loved one, and right. then uh, on one side, and then on the other side, the charm's a reminder. Of, uh, it says, "Love you." Yeah, and, right. We we will engrave the you know your loved one's name on one side, and same thing with the wind chimes. We personalize the wind catcher, um, which is shaped in the in a heart shape and we'll put a person's name on on there. Just, again, to make it something personal. And the whole theme of the show, as far as the memories, to keep those memories alive that, you know, we've, we've lost them in body, but certainly not in spirit. Right. And uh, in, in order to look at some of these wonderful things, the bear and the wind chimes, I'm looking at them right now in the necklace, you can go to um, their website, which is www. Dakota, D-A-K-O-T-A, wins.org, and you will also put it on our website. Well, Debbie, um, I wanted to ask you, Debbie, what did, um, do you call them Brandon Bears? or? Well, it, we we do call them at the house Brandon Bears, but they do come in handy when you have those times that you just need to hold something. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and then Beth sent me as a special little thing. She did me an extra heart out of some leftover clothes. Uh-huh. That she did. She's such a special person. <laughs> now, how many did she make for you? Uh, she made me uh, thirty bears. Oh wow. my goodness! Now, tell us. I have a very large family, and I wanted didn't want to leave anybody out. Now, tell us what and, people said when they got them. Well, when they quit finished crying and holding onto the bears, <laughs> they were so touched and could not, you know, they were just without words. They they needed something of Brandon, and now they have it. Oh, and, I love that. And, um, and I didn't want to get rid of his clothes, and right. that was something to do with them. You know, Debbie, I, I just know of so many people who have bags of their kids' clothes around. And they and mm-hmm. so, it was one lady was telling me her little child died, and she kept the bag really tight because she wanted to keep the smell, you know. So and they, they did smell like them. And then yeah. I did go out and buy some more of his cologne to ah, ah, periodically. That's, that's, that's wonderful. A, that's a great idea, too. I love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's they have and the, the just the chimes and the bears just keep Brandon in our home. And, well, and, and at night you can sleep with them with the bears and have him close to you. In well, memory. my grandbaby, I gave him one to take home with him, but he steals mine when he comes to my house, <laughs> and he has to keep it. And he's not. I have to have my bear. <laughs> yeah. So, we fight over it. <laughs> you know, that's great because we just received an email. We were talking about it at the top of the show about a grandma um, who her two-year-old grandchild, she's trying to, her son died in a fall about the same age as yours, and she's trying to keep, figure out how to keep the memories alive for the two-year-old. So this is another wonderful idea, this bear idea. I like it very much. Yeah, well, Nathan plays ball, and I'll say, who taught you how to play ball? And he said, my daddy. <laughs> and I said, he goes, you know Brandon, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think I do, baby. I think I do. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, these kids just break your heart, don't they? Uh huh. They're just so upfront and so honest, and uh, yeah, great. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, thank and, you, and Debbie. good luck on your journey. And please uh, listen in on some of the shows and uh, email us if we can do anything for you. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, and thank you so much, Beth. Well, Debbie, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you, and, and thanks so much for calling. 
Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me to be on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's wonderful. It's I really love, great. I love all those ideas. I love the wind chimes and the bears. They were wonderful. And, the sun, and I love the sunflower seeds. And then what if people send the clothes in to, to, of their child? Do you make them or they? Do? Yes, I, I do that right here at home. Oh, you wow. actually do it. Wow. You made the 30 bears for I Debbie Smith for 30, Christmas? I made her 30 bears. My living room was full. But oh, it was, my. It was a, a labor of love, let me mm-hmm. tell you. Oh, that must be incredible because Heidi and I uh, really feel like when we do a show with somebody like you um, or a brief parent, we really feel, or a sibling, we really feel that child becomes part of us. Don't you think, Heidi? Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. They become just, part of us. Just, right, just to have Brandon's clothes mm-hmm. in your living room. And I have his, his picture here. She sent me a picture because I wanted to know what he looked like, and so I have it right here mm-hmm. in the office. And every name that we've ever engraved on a heart, um, we have those above our engraver because I just said I just can't throw that away. That's a piece of that that child. Right. And uh, and to also let you know that a little bit of what when you said business, I said well let me just also explain that part of what we do is that part of the proceeds that we get from the wind chimes and the bears, um, we have a special uh, memorial fund that was set up in Dakota's name when he died. Uh, because so many people helped us that we wanted to help others. And so we have taken part of our business. And then we help those who we put tires on a on a mother's car because her son has had cancer. And through all of the treatments that he's had, she's needed new tires for her car. And it's things like that that insurance doesn't pay for, mm-hmm. um, that you may not always have that extra income. Um, so... So when you when you purchase something from us, you're continuing on to help other people as well through our memorial fund. That's great. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. So the things you have are wind chime, a bear, and right and now that's little... what that's we've limited ourselves to that to begin with because we just uh, started our we started selling the products um, back in January a year ago. So um, we've had this in our hearts for ever since Dakota died. But we finally decided to commit ourselves to our passion about two years ago when designing it and then actually setting up our website about a year ago. Yeah, and the website is w, uh, www.dakotawinds.org. And when you say we, we have the other we on the phone, I think. Alan, are you there? Hello. Hi, how are you? This is Alan Page, Beth Page's husband, right, Beth? Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alan, we appreciate your calling into the show. You're welcome. And uh, we, Heidi and I were thinking that we'd love to get a little um, dad's perspective of how yeah. you got to where you are and uh, and uh, about Dakota and uh, sure. as a guy, how you've dealt with it. Uh, well, one thing I want to say about the wind chime is uh, what I really like about it is it's a kind of spontaneous thing that you, what you miss when you, you lose someone close to you is that spontaneous so when they're walking through or running through the house or you know you hear them all of a sudden and that's what the wind does you're you're not thinking about them and then you hear the chime ring it brings them to you a spontaneous feeling it's a great feeling that's a that's really what, good point yeah and it all of a sudden brings that, their memory in yeah and it's not you know when you least expect it that's when you hear it it's just mm-hmm. a slight ring or whatever now did you make the first wind chimes um, the first one was a gargoyle because my little boy Lev 
anything ugly. <laughs> he loved, you know, like Ninja Turtles and all those things when he was a little boy. Uh-huh. He always used to dress up like them, and, you know, he's always dressed up like some character every day. Uh-huh. He would have been an actor for sure, I think. <laughs> he, was, he had, he always made you laugh. He was a great fellow. Now, now, do you get involved in actually producing the wind chimes? Now, we designed it. I, I'm an artist, and uh, I drew the drew uh-huh. it up, and, and then we got a wind chime company to actually create it for us. Uh-huh. Now, tell and, us. Yeah, go ahead. And, um... Other thing you all were talking about, you know, dealing with grief and uh, dealing with guilt <laughs> right. and all those fun things. Yeah. Uh, uh, one way I always found that helped me, the one thing that helped me when I was feeling really guilty and feeling bad was uh, just to kind of talk to Dakota and see what he'd say to me, you know. And Dakota, you know, if Dakota was here, he'd say, Dad, it's not your fault, you know, because that's what you, you blame yourself for a lot of things. And we went through bone marrow and I really didn't want to do it. And. I feel like part of that took him away. And, uh, Could you talk about that a little bit? Because I think there are dads who things happen and they didn't feel yeah. like it should have happened. Could you well, talk dad, about that a little bit? Dad, dads yeah. grieve a lot different than you know mothers or uh-huh. women, and men are totally different. We get more angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I definitely get angry. I held on to that anger for a long time, even though you know you didn't see it in me that much, but it was in there. And it took a long time for it to finally get out and for me to let it go. Now, what kind of things were you angry about? Just for a quick um, out there. Well, he, he, he was supposed to go through a bone marrow transplant, and he had no cancer at this time. The doctors wanted to do it because uh, they wanted to make sure that they got anything else, you know, it might be there, a seed, because this type of tumor planted seeds, like down the spine. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he would do better without it, but... But everybody else and my wife felt it was all right, and she usually had the better sense than I did. You know, just had a gut feeling, better gut feeling than I did. So I went along with it. And But I've always, I mean, I wanted to turn around when I was driving him to the hospital because he was doing so well. You know, he had been doing better than he's done the whole time. And it was just hard to take a healthy child and, and put him through that or mm-hmm. they lose their entire immune system. And then after after we did it, he made it through all that. About a month or so later, uh, the tumor, he started. One day he was out running around the yard with me. He said, Dad, I just want to run. And he wouldn't stop me. He ran for, I'd say, for an hour. You know, it was getting dark. And he's still running around. And uh, he just knew something was going on. And uh, the next day he couldn't walk. The, the tumor had got into his spine, and he was becoming crippled. Hmm. And so it was... Um, and then we went and, of course, got it checked and found out that he had, like, 13 tumors on his spine wow. that had dropped and that there wasn't anything we really could do. We could have done radiation, but we went for quality of life and took him home and let him enjoy the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were very honest with him. We told him that he was going to die. And he he talked to us and said, all right, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And he was just a happy child to the day he died. He was, he was an amazing kid. So he had a yeah. wonderful quality of life at the end, it sounds like, and that was the right decision. Yeah. That's, that's great. And uh, luckily we were able to keep him at home and be able to hold him and everything. Mm-hmm. And that made him, I like to think that was very special too. Mm-hmm. And uh, But anybody that loses anybody always, I'm like, I don't know how anybody can not feel some type of guilt. But I think the best thing is to put yourself in your child's place or whoever had passed away and let them talk to you because they wouldn't want you to feel that way. 
So, Anna, when, want... you, when you were saying, I know you were talking a lot about how you were angry, and we hear that a lot with the men on our show, right. how it's easier to be angry than in the pain that you're in. I mean, the anger is kind of the grief. How yeah. are you able to let go of that anger and move forward? <laughs> well, it took about eight years, like my wife said. I mean, eight it years, wasn't, okay. yeah, I mean, it wasn't just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one time it, I finally let go. I was, I was, I'm a big outdoorsman. I was duck hunting, and I was in a boat, and... I was in a big storm, and it was like big seas, and I was close to a, a sinking boat, and life, you know, life or death, and I, mm-hmm. I made, just didn't make it back. I don't know, something out there was kind of like a Forrest Gump moment when the uh-huh. guy's out there, <laughs> and it just all hit me, and uh, I just what hit you? Uh, the idea that, that life was worth fire, or what hit you? I guess that, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be gone. I wouldn't want to let uh, God take me then. You know, I got angry at God, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel I feel like I'm a more spiritual person, not a religious person as much. And it's hard to explain, but I feel very, uh, I lost my mother, and I, and she came back and I spoke to her in spirit. Uh-huh. So I feel that there's a very much a spiritual world out there. Well, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, one thing that strikes me about your your happening at sea was it was the wind again wasn't it oh yeah it was a lot of wind <laughs> it was about the waves were about 10 foot over i was in a 14 foot boat and uh people around me that were out there duck hunting were thinking i was crazy i was a little bit crazy i guess i took chances sometimes when i shouldn't have mm-hmm. maybe yeah that's one thing we hear from men too is that they uh-huh. sometimes take some chances or yeah uh males uh, yeah, I can remember lightning striking when we were on a picnic one time. I said, I, said, I dare you to hit me. <laughs> and my kids go, I dare you. Every now and then they tease me. So you have that, but, tur- so you have that turnaround. If you've got any advice for men out there, what would it be about loss? I like the mm-hmm. idea of talking to your child. Yeah. We hear a lot of people say, too, that they write letters to them. Yeah. And then, and then maybe write an answer. Yeah, well, I used to have a book that, you know, when it first happened, I used to write to them, and I used to write my thoughts down and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that always helps. It always helps to get it out some way. And, you know, you, you can't find very many people that you can talk to, mm-hmm. especially men. Right. And nobody wants to hear about your lost child or, you know. But you can bring up their memory. And one of the best things you can say to a grieving parent or anybody, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear everything, you hear, like, you know, um, People say, you know, he's with God now and all these other things. All that does is make you angrier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in a better place. That makes you angry. The best thing to do is ask him about that child and tell him, you know, if you didn't know him, say, well, what was he like? What was his personality like? And just let that person talk and just listen. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to do because you need to let people talk. And that's because they don't want to forget their child. I mean, I, I, have a, I shave my head. When Dakota went to bone marrow, uh-huh. and, I, and I still shave it today. <laughs> and every now and then, people will say, "Why well, you shave your head?" And I get to bring up Dakota. I mean, it's a way of right. keeping his memory alive, right there. Right. And how about how about Dylan and Sky? How are you helping them remember him? Or oh, uh, they're they're incredible kids too. Sky is. Uh, I think Dakota picked her up special and sent her straight to us. And no. she's, a, she's got a lot of the same spirit and. Uh, imagination and and she knows everything about Dakota because she watched the videos and she can mimic his voice sometimes and 
she knows them as well as any of us does. And she's nine, right? Yeah. And how about Dylan at 14? Do you worry about him? Because I know we've got some men out there thinking about their, you know, their right. sons. Dylan doesn't remember Dakota as well, you know, as as a child when he was little. They were buddies. I mean, they used to snuggle up to each other. And I was a house husband for a while, so I got to watch all that fun stuff. And they were really, really close. But, he, you know, at three years old, you can't remember a lot. But he, he knows just like Scott through the movies and videos. Mm-hmm. And, we and we have pictures everywhere. Yeah, it's great. And you have live videos, the, too. We celebrate Dakota's birthday. Yeah, we still um, celebrate every year. He, he sends them Christmas presents. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and his pictures are everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's just part of who we are. And, of course, we have also been involved with fundraisers through Relay for Life, our local Relay for Life, and um, and we have talked with other people. So they see that part of it, too. Dakota died, what, 11 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. April 23rd, 1996. 1996. One week before he turned five. Uh, and he yeah. said he would never be five, and he was right. He said that? He said that. Oh, my goodness. Several times, that he would never be five and that he would never go to school or ride a school bus, and... Um, and he died exactly one week before he would have turned five. Uh-huh. So we, we just, and that also kind of gives me a, a sense of peace in thinking, you know, he knew in some mm-hmm. way and that this was, again, it was meant to be his life, a short life, but it was to be his life, and then we have to go on and make something out of that short life um, so that we can have some meaning or purpose behind it. Because it sounds like he had made peace with the fact that his time on this earth was limited. Yes, I, th- I think so. Mm-hmm. Is that your feeling too, Alan? Oh, I think he knew that he was going to die somehow. Mm-hmm. Because see, that's, when he said that, he was at his grandma's. Because his grandma said, soon you'll be five, you'll go to school. And he just said, matter of fact, no, I'll never go to school and I'll never be five. <laughs> you know, just, but, uh. He was a happy kid all his life. He was just a good old fella. Well, as you, as you both said, you He's know, old soul. we used to kind of have it on the show. Uh, people died before their time, and we cut that off because it's not before their time. That's their life. Right. Um, that was his life, and and a wonderful life, and you know, for you all, and knowing him, and and, and also, him. if you love somebody, I don't care if they're ninety; they die before their time in your eyes. Yeah. Because right. it's sad for yourself because we, we miss people when they're gone. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, I know that you did your, um, both of you, you did your uh, the things you're doing with the bears and the wind chimes and things to help others as you were helped. It says uh, on your website, how were you helped? What helped you? You could both give us, each of you, give us a little couple of things about what helped you. Do you want to start, Beth? Um, mainly it was just the support. We have a strong family support um I had college friends that I hadn't seen in 20 years who flew in from all over when wow. Dakota was in the hospital and came to it and, uh, at his memorial service. But um, also just the cards, the um, it, people gave money, like I say, which we started with our memorial fund. Uh, just being there, mm-hmm. just the phone calls. Um and and um, and remembering Dylan, who was only two at the time, or six months when Dakota was diagnosed, always remembering him and making him feel important, I think was was um, wonderful too, because you don't want just all the attention on the the child who was sick or 
on the grieving parent. Right. Oh, that's so great, isn't it, Heidi, as a sibling? It's really great because I was seeing most siblings say that they they complain because they feel that they were overlooked and unacknowledged, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like for for Dylan that was not the case. I yeah. certainly hope. I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> that may give you a different perspective. But. You know, maybe they they respond a little bit more to um, a kids, you know, younger kids than they do to teens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That might be part of it. Alan, what about you? What did you find that people did that helped you? So early yeah. on, those first year to. Well, a lot of things. We went to the hospital some and gave things away to the kids that were sick. Mm-hmm. Things like that helped helped me a lot. Just be able to give back. You know, that, yeah, isn't that kind of a male kind of thing, too? The doing is more helpful than just talking. We find a lot of males like to do something. You're an artist, right? Right. And did you draw things, or, or did that did that stunt your artistic thoughts for no, years? I didn't really do any art with Dakota. I do have something in mind. I've got some, some of this mask when they did radiation. Uh huh. Uh, you know, they put over their face it molds exactly to the face, so it still has to coat his face in it. Oh my goodness! And someday I want to do something with that. I've got an idea for it, but I haven't done it yet. Oh, that's <laughs> very interesting. Now, did you guys do compassionate friends? I noticed you haven't mentioned on your website. Um, again, we didn't have a computer back then, but I did get information from them. Yeah. Uh huh. And Dakota was treated at at Duke Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina. And they had a wonderful bereavement program, mm-hmm. and uh, we were, since he was treated for two and a half years, we were um, pretty close to a lot of the staff there, mm-hmm. and and so we stayed in contact with them and, and found a lot of support from them as well. Now, afterwards, they, they stayed in contact with you, was it? For, for, about, well, for about a year, you get monthly um, or uh mailings, and then I could also call the family support person at that time um, who gave us the the ancient saying about uh, the winds, when a, a soul dies, the winds will blow. That was BBC memorial service. Mm-hmm. And um, and we, in fact, I'm still in touch with her and in, um, involved with various programs with her right at now, even 11 years later. Now, Alan, did you find that supportive, the hospital? or I, For some people, I would think maybe they wouldn't want to be involved with the hospital and maybe yeah. bring back bad memories. I don't know. Well, I have another friend who lost a child uh, to cancer, too, at the same hospital, and he didn't want to even go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have a bad that bad experience with the hospital as he did. Depends on how you have, what kind of experience you have, I believe. Right. Well, it's time to close our show, and it's just been wonderful having you both on. And uh, I know you uh, help each other and, and I, yeah, each other and the world so much with the things that you're doing. Don't you think, Hyde? Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on. So, well, yeah. Thank you, and thank you for all that you all are doing too to help families. Well, uh, have a good day, and it's time all to close. Right. Our, it's time to close our show now. And please stay tuned again next week when our guest will be Bud Welch, and our topic will be from rage to reconciliation. In April of 1995, Bud Welch's 23-year-old daughter Julie Marie was killed in the bombing of the Mira Federal Building in Oklahoma City. This is a fascinating show of forgiveness. This show is archived on thegriefblog.com as well as the Compassionate Friends website. Please stay tuned again next Thursday at 9 Pacific, 12 Eastern for more of Healing the Grieving Heart. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Heidi Horsley. Dakota is gone but not forgotten. He lives on in your heart, your memories, and in all the work that you do. Thank you, Beth and Alan.
One more note, if I can. Okay. Okay. Um, next time the wind blows, just open your arms and you can hug your loved one. Ah, uh, uh, I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Wonderful, Alan. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.